Hi guys! Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast that's about everything related to the vagina. From sex to health and the society. My name is Nicole and I'm a producer and your host. So two days ago, we published an episode titled The Elephant in the Room Isn't Me, It's Your Fat Shaming. Where we featured local poet Jolene Tan, who speaks quite extensively about her experience with body image issues as a fat girl. So I think... You know, during this Chinese New Year period, it can get quite emotionally stressful for some of us. Because, you know, all we want to do is enjoy, but we end up suffering from unwarranted emotional attacks that come in the form of a random, distant, relative, passing, casual remarks about your weight gain scene. I relate! In this episode, Jolene and I continue to discuss why body image issues continue to exist, how they have evolved over the years, how they are institutionalized, the role of brands and famous personalities, and the individual in this body image conscious world. We also dish out hot tips on how to siang the comments this Chinese New Year. I was just thinking about how, you know, we grew up in an age where Instagram wasn't around yet, right? So mm. magazines were like our point of reference. Yeah. You see all these like skinny models yeah. and stuff. But you don't really, you don't read magazines on daily or like yeah. every hour. But then now like, Whenever you scroll Instagram, it's so accessible. Like Twitter or Facebook, you see like images of like girls and like you know influencers are huge now. It's like I think influencers kind of change also because like everybody's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So like then their kind of like impact on people mm-hmm. or like younger girls started to like grow a lot more. You see yeah. a lot of young girls like looking to them or like they have like fan clubs of like young girls. Or like know. just the fact that young girls nowadays. And I was going to say in the US, but actually I see it happening here as well. Yeah. Like, I taught at SOTA for a while, and I mean, because I was curious, I went to see a few of my students' profiles, because they, like, tried to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just went to look, right? It ha- it's happening here as well. Like, young girls nowadays, like, under 15 and everything, are using makeup in ways that I didn't use makeup when I was younger. Mm. I didn't even touch makeup until I started uni. Same. Yeah, Same and to be fair, I was one of the later ones to do that because people before that were already using light mm. makeup. But kids like who are thirteen and fourteen and fifteen now are using makeup in ways that they learned very obviously from influencers in the US. You know, it's that kind of look with mm. the like eyebrows on fleek, eyeliner sharp, like all the contour and the poses that you see are all like the fashion nova model poses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I definitely agree with you that like. Younger kids and girls nowadays are very, very exposed to um, Instagram models or influencers, mm. the bulk of whom still perpetuate, like, body ideals, mm. just slightly differently. Yeah. Um, like, in the 90s, it was all about being skinny and just, like, lanky and, like, wave-like. Mm. But now it's the, like, big ass. Um, Thick, skinny waist. Yeah, yeah, skinny ways, like skinny thick yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. Um, slim thick. Slim thick. <laughs> but I feel like it hasn't changed a lot back home. I mean, no, yeah. It's still pricing skinny girls, what? Just that now they happen to have an ass. Oh my gosh. This <laughs> <laughs> is true. No, it's accurate. It's fucking accurate. <laughs> and they have like the airline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all like. You still this... want a skinny girl, just that now you will accept a skinny girl <laughs> who has a butt. It's true. It's fucking yeah. accurate. Yeah. Because they themselves are repeating an image that they have been taught to want. Mm, that is yeah. true. Yeah. So, it really just feeds back into itself. Mm. And it's also a bit more complex than that at the same time because, like I said earlier, if not for things like Instagram, 
and how accessible the internet has made it, I would not have had access to the body positive movement either. Certain brands endorse girls that look a certain way, right? And actually, most of them in Singapore, lah. If we're exactly, talking about it, exactly. Like, I think one very classic example, not not a local one, a classic example that many people have called out in the US, like Brandy Melville, and it's like the fact that they get these young. Like maybe 16, 17 year old girls Yeah like pre-pubescent right Exactly like, like or almost skinny. Like haven't finished puberty yet Exactly kind. Exactly exactly. And like they are really small Really skinny And then they can Like they Their, their whole idea of like their, their brand is that It's a one size fit all yeah. But their one size is really like a size XS It does XS. not all Like yeah. one size never fits all It's nonsense It really never does It really is nonsense Yeah so I think quite similar back home I get why some brands might Like manufacture their clothes To be the bulk of it to be a smaller size because it is A lot of Singaporean Chinese girls are very skinny. Okay, one particular brand that comes to mind, which I'm not going to name, but they had this like campaign attempt at being more inclusive. So their attempt was to get, I guess, uh, different skin colours. Different skin colours and there was this girl that was like, um, I think her head was shaver and everything. Uh Beautiful campaign. It was gorgeous. I saw it. The girls are beautiful as well. Yes, the girls are gorgeous. But like, now they're fat. Exactly, so I was (laughs) just thinking, what's what's the point of that then? I, I... I, I think know. there is a point because you don't want to run the risk of um, saying that diversity is not valid if it doesn't hit all the check marks. Mm, okay, fair. That's so fair, I fair. think that it does like do something by way of progress mm. in terms of um, just pushing the envelope on what block shop models look like and what clothes um, or what what. Um, or who can wear their clothes mm. You know what I mean Because When we were in Secondary school Or JC Or uni I don't know about you But when I think Blockshop I think skinny Chinese girl Yeah And the waist measurements Are always like 24 24.5 25 It's like an L I'm like Don't bullshit me lah Yeah Nobody can fail 25 And be an L lah They are not L lah So um, I think it does Something for the scene to run such a campaign, and like you said, it was a gorgeous campaign. Um, I appreciated that there was an attempt to show more than just the classic pale, skinny girl, right? That's not to say that there's no work to be done, mm. yeah. So, like, you're a bit of the way there, but you could push further, mm. which I mean. For all you know, there could be certain brands in Singapore who have every intention of pushing further. Can you name any? Because I can't. No, at the moment. Yeah. I can't think... I, I like to give the benefit of the doubt, but I agree, I can't like name any at the moment who... Mm. I mean, there are blog shops that cater to plus-size women in Singapore, specifically. Like, there's one called The Curve Cult. Mm. So it's not to say that they don't exist. Um, but they don't exist in very radical ways. Uh, the curve cult from what I've seen brings in dresses and markets them in a way that flatters the fat body mm-hmm. so when I say they market them in a way that flatters the fat body I mean that all their advertising visuals and stuff like that show fat women in outfits that conceal their flaws mm. in inverted commas um, in terms of like not showing any lumps um it's a very smooth silhouette. They tend to gravitate towards like peplum hems and like A-line skirts. Basically to cover up. Um, or the... to give that illusion of an hourglass even if the woman is obviously visibly bigger. 
Which is not a problem with them specifically, but a problem with the way we look at fat bodies in general. Because we still look at fat women only as attractive if they put in more effort. Mm. You wouldn't really see a fat woman being marketed as someone who could sit around in those like slouchy t-shirts and torn up shorts that skinny women can wear. And look effortless in. Yeah. Um, when you see like a fat attractive like a hot fat woman or hot like or a fat like plus size model they're always super made up super feminine mm. super decked out there's <clears> that <throat> idea of having to put in more effort to show that you are not lazy and you are not a slob mm. yeah so I suppose that's the image that Singapore is still running with in terms of the clothing brands that is the image that Singapore is still running with or that Singaporean clothing brands are still running with. So there is a lot of work to be done mm. in terms of just showcasing more bodies mm. or more body types. Not even just like fat people, like disabled people also or differently abled people also. It's true. Yeah. Mm. I like the point that, you know, you made about mm. how like it's not like a checkbox that you have to go through and that we should. Mm. Or if there is a checkbox <coughs> then there are more checks lah. Mm. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely. Do you think it's one individual or like one entity's like duty to make sure that there's more diversity? And I kinda wanna talk about like diversity also, mm. like what does that mean and like some of the definitely. terminologies that they use, yeah. Um I don't think the responsibility can be on one part of society, which is to say that I don't think it, we can say that it is entirely the responsibility of individuals like influencers. It is also not entirely the responsibility of brands, although I would argue that they have a larger share in trying to make a different world in which we talk about beauty differently or don't talk about beauty at all. But that is a bit naive to be saying because brands that sell you things like clothes and style and makeup are never going to help you think that you are okay the way you are. Mm. Because then they can't sell that shit. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. While I want to argue that they have a responsibility of presenting, like, a more varied way to think about beauty, I also, realistically speaking, don't expect that it will happen so fast. Mm. So then, we turn to like individuals or institutions and when we talk about individuals we're mostly talking about the people who have reached right so like inevitably people like celebrities or influencers I don't think it's their responsibility to speak out about these things I think they have a responsibility too but it should not be only on them because there's only so much that they can do that being said I think that if you are a person who has that much reach then you at least have some responsibility to be aware about the messages that you are perpetuating and putting out there. If you know that the message of being conventionally beautiful is so narrow and excludes so many people and is mentally and emotionally harmful to a big group of people, then you have some sort of responsibility to do more than just perpetuate it. Mm. Yeah. I really... It might be a bit naive to think so, but I think that that is something that needs to be said. Because... It is easy to make a living from perpetuating things that or ideals that already exist, especially when you fit into them. But isn't that kind of lazy? Because aren't you compelled to be better and make things better? I wanted to add on that. I think that the power of the individual, super cheesy, is very important. Mm-hmm. I think if we are conscious enough to be like a certain person with reach or like a certain brand doesn't 
exactly align with certain things that we believe in, then we kind of have to work to like pushing them towards it also. So be it like... You have to demand the change lah. Correct. Like not following that person on Instagram or you know like not endorsing... I do believe that an individual is not entirely powerless. Yes, yes. Um, I completely believe that and I completely believe that there is a need to demand the change that you want to see. Um, On the other end, on the flip side, I guess, I also understand that when you are an individual pushing against a system Mm. or demanding change from something that has been built into the system, it can get exhausting. And also the amount that everybody can demand change, right? Or like the capability that everyone has to demand change is not entirely dependent on you. Mm. Yeah. So it depends on your level of privilege, I think. I can speak about body image and write a whole book about it and call it out and fellow Chinese women might listen to me because I'm Chinese Mm. but if a woman of ethnic minority spoke about it and she happened to say things that were specific to her experience because of the culture she grew up in and she demanded change in the same way society might react to it differently it's true Um, this is so abstract it's not really giving a good example so let's say I mean because everything is tied together and when you which is why intersectionality is so important because um, as a Chinese girl I can talk about my weight as a standalone thing because Mm. I am part of the ethnic majority in Singapore so my race is not really a thing that I have experienced discrimination for Mm. in basically all of my life that's my privilege because of that I can speak of body positivity and fat shaming and body ideals in the way that white women in the US can speak about it I, which is to say that I can speak about it and expect that people will listen ah, mm. and that people will at least give it a chance even if some men try to be like ah, yeah, you're taking things too personally like I still know that there are people who will listen to it but if a uh, and this is very hypothetical because I cannot speak on behalf of someone mm in the ethnic minority but if let's say one of my brown girlfriends were to try to speak about their experience of body shaming and fatness if she has to talk about it in a way that is tied up with her skin colour and her race which might be the case because she might experience both of both of those things mm. simultaneously then would it be met by the majority of the Chinese audience in the same way that my story was met you know some people might think like oh I can't relate and that's not it's not outright racism so much as it is a microaggression just to decide that you can't relate to them because there's an additional component. Mm. Yeah, so then if you put me and my hypothetical friend side by side and we demand the same change from the system, her demand might also very validly involve a demand about her skin colour or her race Mm. that mine might not because I'm part of the Chinese majority so the place that we come from and how able we are to demand change from the institution hinges very much on the structures that we experience which change depending on where you are in society and what privilege you enjoy Mm. yeah Mm. so I might be more able to demand change than someone else which is why I say I fully believe that the individual should and can demand change from the system but it is not wholly their responsibility because 
there's a lot more at play here lah. It's systemic, so I think it's like more than any one individual, it has to be like a collective effort sort of mm. thing, which would translate to brands having to respond mm. to the demand, you know. Yeah, that it's, it's very chicken and egg thing, right? Yeah, it's very yeah. chicken and egg, because I don't, I really don't want to say that it is primarily on one or the other. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think really it is a collective thing. Some people's voices are louder than others, it's which true. was the whole thing that we were going on about, about like privilege. Like an influencer has more privilege than me, because people might take her more seriously. Mm. Maybe if a skinny girl said like, hey, stop putting pressure on girls to be hot and beautiful, because like we all experience insecurity some people might sympathize more with her than like a fat people a fat person because like if you put a fat person demanding that in front of you then some people might be more comfortable to say i just go and exercise lah yeah you know Mm. so much of demanding change or imagining a better way to be as a society hinges on the relationships that we make with each other so i could also very well say that it is the responsibility of parents to know better and pass on better things to their yep. children. Um, it is the responsibility of people with more reach to have better messages about the body or more messages about other things other than the body. Um, it's the responsibility of brands to respond to change or to the need for change. Yeah. Mm. I don't have an issue with saying that individuals do need to demand change and ask for the change that they want because it things do work starting from the ground up I mean that's what activism is all about it's a group of people coming together to demand a better future <laughs> to a cheesy way of putting it I think I just want us to be careful about then putting the full responsibility of an, on an individual mm. so if people come out and they demand change and we agree with that you cannot also blame them when it doesn't work mm. you cannot say that like it's the full responsibility of the individual not to take it personally or to find some way out of the discrimination that they're facing and that's a bigger issue lah. so it, it it applies for things outside of fat shaming and body shaming as well Something Private is a podcast produced by VFM. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We're working really hard this 2020 because we love you. And also because we have a lot of things to say. Um, we've been breaking our episodes into two parts and publishing twice a week so that you guys get the full extent of the conversation I have with ever guess I'm bringing on that week some of them are really important bits that I think are actually quite interesting as well so yeah now we publish on Mondays and Thursdays and let me know if you guys like the frequency at which we've been posting if you guys prefer me to stick to once a week let me know as well and we can work things out just you know chat with me people are also saying that you know that Fox article that people are like brands who embody like body positivity are just using it as a marketing tool much with like how they are all like yeah. pro-LGBTQ yeah. right plus right in so, like June yeah correct <laughs> correct correct and then now they're all like silent they're all like what what gay rights what like who's that right I know <laughs> so I wanted to like I guess get a perspective on what you think about that and like brands who actively like oh yeah we do push for these kinds of messages and it's very much in the way we 
sell our products and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, we live in a capitalistic society. We do. We really do. Um, and you know, we are in like the thick of it. It's not like when capitalism first started. We are like in the middle of it, girl. So that brands use these as marketing tactics is very true. I'm not, I don't have blinders on. I'm not going to pretend that brands actually genuinely care about people as organizations because as a brand first and foremost their priority is to sell things Mm. so um, there's also that whole argument (coughs) which is really a sidetrack at this point that brands manufacture the problems so that they can solve them Mm. yeah like they tell you that something is wrong with your skin so that they can sell you this product but actually you didn't really need it in the first place Um, so that is to say that I probably agree with the article. It's just a marketing tactic according to what sells and what people are demanding to see. Um, but I think just because it started out with the intention of just selling more products and reaching a wider audience doesn't mean that it's absolutely devoid of positive effect. Mm. You know? So maybe maybe a brand like Dove ran a diversity campaign that was just aimed at getting more eyes and getting more good PR because they were being diverse according to what the new big millenni- millennial audience wants nowadays um, and maybe they were just doing it to sell their products or to increase brand presence but then when they put that out into a world maybe a commercial about different skin types and people of different ages and different body types using their soap like and all these people fitting into the definition of beautiful when they put that into the world people saw it and it created a space where these ideas were allowed to exist Mm. um, instead of something that was just argued for by women who were discriminated against maybe because they didn't fit into the beauty stereotype so that's what I mean when I say no matter the intention maybe there was a positive ripple somewhere that counted for something and maybe that sounds a bit naive or like idealistically hopeful but I like to think that it's not all black and white Mm. so if I'm going to exist in a capitalistic society that just wants my money then I might as well give them my money only when they make me happy. Mm, I think that's valid. Yeah. Yeah. That's very valid. Yeah. Mm. So like, <clears throat> I might as well give my money to a brand who shows me something that I agree with or that's different from whatever's conventional and hurtful. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think a lot of fat people who have successfully, or not really successfully, but who are making some headway in unpacking the body shame and everything do return to calling themselves fat Mm. just because for them it is an acknowledgement that that term doesn't mean anything more than a physical descriptor yeah so I've done that too Um, I will say things like I'm fat ah just let me exist what (laughs) because I am I'm not trying to deny that I am Mm. I'm just trying to separate the word fat from everything else like yeah lor, whatever negative stereotypes you talked about before when you say someone is fat you mean they're lazy ugly whatever else mm. but I'm not I'm just fat mm. yeah 
Do you think that that's like Powerful? It certainly makes me feel empowered in a way But when somebody else calls me fat And I know that person hasn't unlearned all the stereotypes I'm like, hey, fuck off, okay? <laughs> because I know that you mean it in a terrible way, what? Right? Like, yeah. I can say that always. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can say it because I'm aware of like Or you Everything. say it to me and I'm like, yeah, I'm fat and <laughs> But I feel like I generally mm. feel like there's more positives around it Than like negatives lah For sure Like I mm. think that it's Definitely better I mean Singapore's a bit slow Right yeah. for sure But like Generally the movement Feels Good Like it's going somewhere And I feel like I, I mean I think a lot of times We When we say like Oh the younger generation And blah 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 But I feel like we give them A lot less credit Than they deserve And I feel like The younger generation now Especially like the Gen Z's Are a lot more Aware and conscious And To me Maybe it sounds very naive But I also think that they're gonna move away from this whole like capitalistic. I mean, like capitalism. Mm, I hope die. so. But it really feels like that. I feel like they're more conscious. <laughs> Hopefully, communist, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I I just think that um, the maybe the emphasis on like looks or like just being one type of body type will change soon. Yeah, I want that to. So when I imagine a better way to be as a society, it very much involves not having to think about how I look so much. Mm. And I think this is an experience that a lot of girls will relate to, especially actually girls, regardless of race or skin type, I think will relate to this. Is that you spend so much time in general, like in your entire life, thinking about how you look. It really is like a performance, you know. There's that Margaret Atwood quote. I can't remember the exact quote. But basically, Margaret Atwood was talking about how you are your... Like, as a woman, you are your own voyeur. Like, you are your own... Like, you examine yourself, even when there's no men around. To put the male gaze on you, you put it on yourself. You, like, look in the mirror and you think, like, if I move this certain way, if I act this certain way, is it gonna look good? Is it gonna be glam, unglam? And, like, I feel that so keenly. And I can't possibly be the only one. No. I think it's built into all of us. And maybe some of us don't even realise we're doing it. That you consider how you look in every single situation. Whether or not you are presenting well. It's almost like your entire life is, like, a a performance of being a girl. And I would just like to get to a stage in society where we can just not think about that. So Jamila Jamil has been um, <clears throat> doing this whole campaign on body neutrality because she's body dysmorphic, even though she's hot as hell. Um, and she argues that for her, a good day is not when she feels good about her body. A good day is when she can just not think about her body at all. And I felt it so keenly because... How amazing would it be to just go about your day just being a person doing things in your body? Like, your body is just a vehicle that's helping you do things and achieve the things that you want to do. And you don't have to think about how it looks while you're doing it, right? Yeah. I think we are obsessed with beauty. We are particularly obsessed with what a conventionally beautiful person looks like and how to become a conventionally beautiful person when there is so much more that you could be about as a person 
Like, the day that it occurred to me that I really don't owe it to anyone to be pretty was so... It was such a big relief. I was like, oh my god, yeah, I really don't. I can look out looking but ugly. <laughs> like, I could walk out with a single stitch of makeup on with a t-shirt and FBTs and I could look butt ugly and maybe someone would have an opinion about it on the street but because it's Singapore nobody's gonna tell me because they're that all like true. freaking passive it's true <laughs> yeah I wish that was a, more of a thing hmm. I think it's coming I feel like <clears throat> I have a lot of faith in the younger generation and especially since like yeah because the younger generation builds on what we already know exactly. like so the things that we had to learn are, are their baseline mm. yeah and I'm then really we are gonna be like parents and like aunts and yeah. like teachers and leaders yeah. soon you know I'm so. really hoping that that yeah. like is some huge change mm. I know I'm not gonna fetch shame my my like nieces or, or like my own children yeah it's I a generation where stupid. we like stop doing the things that were done to us exactly exactly mm. which is also I mean think about it right because like our parents are just passing on things that were done to them it's true it's very difficult to watch like every time generational pain is real yeah. so recently my mum has been this is off topic but mm. my mum the other day we went to a wedding dinner and mm. I was wearing this dress and my mum is fat like me so she was like oh you look so nice in this dress then like um, you really know how to dress and stuff like that then she started getting so anxious about getting Chinese New Year clothes and then because I have she doesn't know how to shop online and all this stuff so mm. I have gone on ASOS with her before and like bought her stuff off on, on ASOS like pencil dresses and stuff and I think she re- she looks really nice in them but when she tries them on she'll be like oh but my belly looks so big I look like I'm pregnant like it doesn't suit my skin tone it's so difficult to watch her like it's like watching her shrivel up, you know? Because she's so confident in any other area, like her work, what she's capable of. Um, she does flower arrangement at church, so when she when she arranges flowers, she's really confident about it as well. It's so difficult to watch a woman like that, like, become so reduced when we're talking about physical appearance. Mm. Yeah. And then everything that she said to me when I was younger, and everything she said about my body that hurt so badly... I'm not excusing it but it just suddenly makes sense when you see that she would do exactly the same thing to herself mm. yeah it's so sad were your, were your, was your <coughs> family like your immediate family I guess like when growing up were they part of like the bunch of people who I guess like hurt you or made you feel yeah lor mm. it's very difficult to say cause like was there, was there like resentment yeah, my mom and I fought so much when, when I was in secondary school and JC and just learning the body positivity thing. Like, it's like dressing the way I wanted to, right? Then, like, when I went out and everything, she would always be like, why do you have to dress like that? Why do you have to highlight your flaws? Like, everybody can see your belly, that kind of thing. Mm. And these kind of things hurt so much right, when you're in the moment. And I got so angry. I was, like, so much anxiety was triggered by that. I had so many panic, atta- panic attacks because of the things she said. But, like, then I come out of the other end and realise that she's doing exactly the same thing to herself. Mm. It's very sad, eh? Yeah. You know, they do it, and I'm not excusing it, and it's so difficult to see when you're in the in the middle of the pain, which is, I mean, if anybody is going through the same thing that I went through, I wouldn't tell them, like, oh, but you know your mom is also very sad. I wouldn't do that, because it doesn't help. And you can't see it when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. But they tell you the exact same thing that they tell themselves, because they think it's... Helpful 
or it's the stuff that they learned mm. and they love you by passing on things that they learned you know they want to like keep you from going into some unknown where they can't protect you so yeah. their way of trying to protect you is like perpetuating yeah the things that I totally understand yeah yeah <coughs> my mom used to be fat shamed by her sisters like last time she was a bit like she wasn't even fat my mom's not fat she's mm. just like a bit like her belly's a bit bigger that kind then like sisters used to be like ah, like oh, you're a bit fat now ah. and she's the youngest ma, so they always bully her you know as a result lor. then she'll say that to my sister then like when we hear our relatives saying that to her then we're like like don't believe that lah like it's nonsense you know you yeah. look perfectly fine yeah yeah, yeah but she just I mean she's better now but like nothing gets through at that point of time you know it's like they don't yeah. they don't see because they grew up thinking yeah, that way they grew up thinking that way and mm. I think it's too much work to unlearn also yep I think so too yeah. mm. for this particular Chinese New Year period is there anything that you know you're going into like any like, positive thoughts you want to spread yeah mm-hmm. with regards to this <coughs> issue I think like I started year. resisting all the all the pressure that Chinese New Year puts on you like a few years ago like consciously resisting it I always try to go into it um, reminding myself that even though a relative is talking to me directly about my body um, it is a reflection of things that they have come to believe and they don't actually know me very well. I think this works because I don't see my extended relatives very often. Mm. So um, I, I, I'm not close to them enough that I would take their words personally anymore. But um, if the situation is different for anyone else, then I like to ground myself when I feel anxiety by thinking about whether or not it's positive uh, whether or not it's productive to go down the spiral and most of the time it's not especially mm. when it's related to body image issues so it's difficult but um, if someone comes up to you and tells you that like you have to lose weight because you've grown fatter or like because you look like you've grown fatter it may be helpful to remember that um, like before jumping into the whole like oh my god did I really grow fatter thing because like that's an instinct right um, maybe you remember that there are a lot of things that are tied to the way people see you like how well your clothes fit you can also be a thing like if you're just wearing clothes that are a bit less baggy and fit you a bit better people might think you've lost weight when you actually hasn't you, when mm-hmm. you, or, or have gained weight when you actually haven't or have lost weight when you actually haven't so it's like the, the perspective that other people have on what you look like is very skewed by a lot of other things it's useful to remember but that they don't always think about it so much and know about it so much so maybe that's helpful for resisting the pressure that you feel because you can say like oh but they don't realise what's really going on behind it so you can't really speak on something if you don't know Mm. that much about it Mm. yeah um or logistically speaking you could brush it off and shift the topic of conversation to something else I mean this is more of a coping mechanism than anything yeah but I think it's necessary it is because so many people don't have the energy to call it out correct I mean exactly what you're gonna do call it out and then go about a whole like discussion (laughs) like like, a guilt trip and everything and then maybe you you yourself are also not done working through your own body exactly it's gonna be very dramatic it's going to be so dramatic so like small coping mechanisms like turning the focus away from it when you make small talk with a cousin you haven't seen in ages don't tell them things about 
how they look bigger or yeah. smaller. If they look good, just say they look good. And if they look bad, just freaking keep it to yourself. Mm. Talk about other things. Like, how's your career? <laughs> how are your hobbies? Like, hobbies how are, are you? As a person, yeah. like, are you doing okay? Because, like, capitalism causes so much burnout. <laughs> there it's are so true. many other things to a person than how they look. It's true. So if they look good, tell them they look good. And if they don't, then just don't talk about their looks. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think my other advice is to just not give a fuck because it really not that it doesn't matter but like it doesn't matter to me like I think a lot of us feel the need to really consider what someone else says because Mm. we don't know if it's true yeah we're like oh my god but what if it's true and I really need to do something about it so we are telling you now it is not true Mm -hmm. and even if it's true it's not relevant (laughs) so you don't have to think about it that's right, be comfortable in your own skin, really. You really eh. don't have to think about and it. It makes makes things a lot easier also, you yeah. know, when you just It's something I that I had to tell myself a lot, like But I think it's important, like positive reinforcement, yeah. right? So like if my relative would say like, Oh, you look like so much better this year, you lost weight uh, I would have to tell myself that like, I'm just wearing clothes and feel a bit better. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what they think. Yeah. Then that would stop the spiral. Happy Chinese New Year to everyone. Um, I love Chinese New Year. It is my favourite holiday of the entire year. I love it. Um, I'm a close pineapple type girl. My favourite snack is kebang cake. I hate peanut snacks. Um, I really love uh, prawn mee. For some reason, every household has somebody cooking prawn mee. But let me tell you, my, house, my grandma's household is the best. No one can beat it. Yeah, I also love money, so... Yeah, I hope you guys have a good celebration, a good holiday, and I hope this year is going to be amazing for you. But also remember that no matter what horoscope, you know, what, like, Pazi says, you know, you have the choice to make it a good year. So, have a good one. Love you guys. See you guys in a week when I'm 10kg heavier from all the food that I will be inhaling. Bye!